Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a strange thing to decide that you want something and that you want it so bad that you follow through with it even, even when it causes so much pain. This morning, I said goodbye to my house and my dog one last time, and I left. In three days, my world is going to change completely. Hey guys, welcome. You are listening to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, and I am your host, Jackie Nurse, which is a name that you may not have heard before but I actually grew up with it. Some of you might've seen that coming and the rest of you will understand the name change after this episode today. What you just heard there at the beginning is a clip of an audio recording that I took on my iPhone actually while I was driving away from Bozeman, Montana on the day that I left for this solo indefinite journey that I'm on. And I knew that day that I wanted to tell my story in a way Not necessarily the details, but the parts of it that are worth sharing. And today I'm taking a huge step forward in doing that by talking about it on my podcast. So I thought it would be really appropriate to finish off the solo female travel series with an episode featuring essentially my own story and what this solo trip has done for me and how far I've come since that day where you just heard me talking. And to do this, I've actually consulted the help of two friends, one you've heard on the show before alongside a new voice. So without trying to sound like a broken record, (laughs) I have asked Nathaniel Boyle from The Travelers and Holocene to help guide me through this conversation. And if you know Nathaniel at all or have listened to his show, which was previously the Daily Travel Podcast, you know he's a proponent of helping people find their stories, especially through travel, which makes him the right person to dig into this subject with me. And the other voice you'll hear is that of Ginger Kern. She is a world traveler and the founder of the Traveler's Mindset. She's a TEDx speaker, Fulbright alumna, and devotes a lot of her efforts to helping people find the potential in themselves through both inward and outward travel, which is why she's also a great fit for this conversation. We are going deep today. We're going personal. We're going emotional and we're going incredibly inspirational. So thank you in advance for letting me talk about this here with you. And here we go with Ginger and Nathaniel. 
I'm actually, I'm actually nervous. Like my palms are sweating right now, oh, which is so that's weird. That's so great. <laughs> it is because I mean, I feel like yeah. this is going to be a really honest conversation. I think a lot is going to come out, and this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. That's awesome. And on the it heels needs to be out there, yeah, like, really, like the impact that this can have on so many people, but like really specifically women. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm stoked about because I, I just, I have seen so many times where. Mm-hmm. women around me are stuck and they feel like they can't, you know, get their own life in like a, a powerful state for themselves, not for anyone else's happiness, but like actually for their own happiness for once. And I would really like this particular conversation to at least catalyze that transformation, if not really like transform someone's mindset around that and how they can do that, how it's mm-hmm. available to them. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, ask you why this subject is important to you. And I think you just answered it. So I totally did. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, no, that's I, great. I, <laughs> Nathaniel, um, you know why, why I wanted to invite you on this. I think you were the right person to ha- go kind of deep into these conversations, but why is this solo travel subject important to you? I know it's, I mean, especially since the, the series has been for solo female travel. So I'm, maybe mm-hmm. the one contributing male voice in this, in this conversation, but it's one of those, it's I, having interviewed so many people on my own show and getting, getting to know the, the, uh, the benefits behind actually embracing the idea of going it alone, whether you're, you know, a male or female, uh, whether that's from my own experience or from listening to the stories of others, I think that there is obviously there's so much confidence to be gained from not just challenging yourself on the road, but just being alone. I think getting, accustomed to solitude and understanding the value of loneliness. These are things that, that, uh, I, I think I managed with, uh, spending a year abroad alone. And then, and, and, and so I think that if we're having a conversation about change, about transformation, um, and about courage, then, uh, I, I, I can certainly relate to those topics but regardless of gender, I think it's something that's really important for everyone to consider. So I think that I've always found that solo female travel is actually a compelling topic to listen to no matter, no matter who you are. And hopefully anybody listening to this conversation can, can derive some aspect of courage from your story and any of the stories that are, are laid down here. Yeah, I think that's really important. And that's, it's actually brilliant that you're here to help close this series on solo female travel because it solo female travel hashtag is a thing. You know what I mean? But it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily matter. Solo travel is for everyone. It affects everybody. And, uh, so I think it's relevant, just as relevant that you're here, you know, to help with this. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm honored as always. Here I am again. I know. (laughs) Get off my show already. No, (laughs) no, I keep inviting you back. It's my fault. Um, Okay, so I wanted to start by reading a story that we have all read. It's actually one that I just wrote and published on Traveling Jackie, my personal travel blog. Um, so I think I will go ahead and read that unless there was anything else you guys wanted to add before. No, just ready to rock and roll. And thanks okay. for having me here. Sweet. All right. Oh, my gosh. I am like nervous. Okay, here we go. So this is called Five Beautiful Lessons I Learned from Making the Hardest Decision of my life. When I think about my solo trip over the last four months, I'm overwhelmed with a heavy mind and heart. When I think about my journey over the last year as a whole, 
I can barely let it hold my attention before discomfort forces it away, desperate to make room for the optimism and courage that I know is hiding in there somewhere. Life is crazy. In late 2015, at 30 years old, I went through a divorce and consequently left my entire life behind to travel the world. Part of the reason I wanted to take the leap and embark on this journey is because I really wanted to live my life, to be my best self, to feel every day as if the days themselves are tangible, and to stop letting time go by thinking maybe someday things will be different, but to actually take a stand and attempt to live up to what I feel is my potential and my contribution in this world. Some might look at my life before this and wonder what about it didn't feel like living, and that's okay. We all have our perspectives. In the process of leaving, I asked for adventure. I asked for emotion. I asked for a challenge, and I certainly got all of that and more tenfold. I have learned so much. I have felt so much more than I ever realized a person could feel. I am still in the grips of exponential personal growth, and I am different. I am strong. I am confident. There is no going back to me before this trip, before this journey. Nothing that happens can ever take these experiences and lessons away from me, and I value that. I have worked hard for them. As part of my contribution, I want to share some of these lessons with you. One, raw life is real life. So many people, my previous self included, go through this world not only seeing the, through the proverbial rose-colored lenses, but carrying a rose-colored shield as well. There's a certain status that our society demands of us, that social media demands of us, and we're all so quick to prove that we're worthy of it. If something bad happens, the rose-colored lenses shatter and we're quick to shut down, to feel judged and unworthy, which in my opinion is complete bullshit. The truth, as it turns out, is that living, truly living, means hurting, daring, loving, and losing. And those who experience these and come out stronger will live all the more. Two, speak up. It matters. Rose-colored lenses be damned. We don't talk about real life enough. When I finally spoke up about my divorce on my blog, I received an incredible amount of messages, comments, and emails from my readers thanking me for sharing something so personal. Many of them said that they too have been through a divorce. The shame that goes with an experience like divorce is immense. But like Brene Brown so brilliantly writes, if we speak shame, it disappears. As soon as we talk about things like this that matter, we take a huge step in truly getting through it. It's true that life sucks sometimes, but it's also true that there are people in all of our lives who love us and want to see us overcome obstacles. It's our choice to speak up and let them in. And as I have learned, so many people are in the same boat and you never know who is watching or listening and will be inspired and encouraged by your own story. Three, talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend. Don't get stuck in a shame cycle. It's easy to let shame put us down with words like, you're never going to get there. You can't do it. Say goodbye to that dream. Would you ever say that to your best friend? I've struggled with this in the last year, mostly because when my rose-colored shield and lenses shattered, I was ashamed. I didn't reach out to my friends. I let shame talk to me instead. Again, bullshit. This isn't going to get any of us anywhere but down. Now if I find myself slipping back into the shame cycle, I either speak up and reach out to my best friends who are so quick to be there for me, why did I ever doubt that in the first place? Or I rehearse in my head what I would say to them if they were in my position. It's a completely different story and it always, always helps. Four, we have to act on our own dreams. No one else is capable. What is the thing you've had in the back of your mind for a long time but never acted on? 
Take me seriously when I remind you that there is no better time than the present to make big things happen because time will keep ticking away. We only get one shot at this life and these dreams, but there won't be a way unless you truly create the will. Stepping up to the plate this year and speaking my truth, following the path I've been avoiding, was the single hardest and bravest thing I've ever done. But I was the only person in the world capable of making it happen. Five, when in doubt, travel. If you think for one second that there isn't something waiting for you on the other side of the world, you are wrong. There is nothing in this world like traveling to foreign places, getting so far outside your comfort zone that every second is a learning experience and opening yourself up to being changed by the experience itself. Forget Cancun, get out, go far, go deep, lose yourself until you find yourself. I don't have a home in Montana anymore. I left it. I put myself in storage. As I'm going through the hardest of the lessons overseas, I don't have a home that I want to return to. And you know what that means? It means I am home. There is nowhere else I'd rather be than where I am right this minute, which happens to be on a plane from Spain to Argentina. But my answer was the same yesterday in Madrid and the week before that in Austria and the month before that in Germany. With nothing but myself and my backpack as my constant companions on this journey, I have everything to gain. Solo travel is for the faint of heart. That's exactly who it's for, as it has absolutely everything to offer that everything you already know can't possibly give you. Travel, even when it requires sacrifice, you will come out stronger. You will come out a better version of yourself. When I think of everything I have gained as a result of everything, I have lost in the last year. Tears come to my eyes, but they are tears of courage. Okay, that's the end of the piece. and um, I'm going to give you a one moment, Jackie. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to say that this is one of my favorite things that you've written because you, you wrote it. I feel like it reads very boldly, very honestly. Very raw. Yeah. It, it, it practices what it preaches in its words. And I think that's really nice. And, and so I applaud your courage for actually being able to put this down because I think that in doing so, you've learned a lot about yourself. Um, yeah. At least that's what we've sort of chatted about briefly before this. And, and I think that you can hear that in the tenor of your voice right now. Um, I have so many things to talk about, so many things to talk about. But Here's the big question that I think precipitates the article and that we probably need to address in order to make all of this uh, clear to the audience to, so that they understand your story. Um, I, guess the, I guess the question is, is why did a relationship hold you back from becoming your best self and from taking this step and making this change? Oof, that is a big question. I think it can be a relationship. It can be a job. It can be anything that makes you essentially mask, I think, part of your identity, part of what really makes you who you are. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to get into any of the details of, of my relationship. Mm -hmm. Um but I do feel like there was part of me that was in a way atrophying over the last years that 
I, I couldn't not pay attention to anymore, if that makes sense. Yes. It, I mean, it makes sense. Um, I think maybe, maybe the question then would be for anybody that's listening that's in a relationship that wants to make it work or that um, is in a relationship that might not feel like it's the right one. I mean, so many people are going to come at this story from so many different perspectives and they're going to see your decision to leave as a, um, almost an extreme solution. So I mm-hmm. think maybe what needs to be understood is first of all, the extreme solution was necessary for you. Everybody's mm-hmm. story and circumstance is different and that's really important to understand. Um, now Ginger, if you have anything to add, I feel like a lot of this would resonate with you knowing you personally from, I don't know, having you on and we've had a few conversations that all of our conversations, Ginger go deep. Um, so (laughs) that's why when Jackie reached out to me to come on here, I knew that you would be a really valuable contributor. So just feel free to chime in if, uh, thank you. Yeah, I definitely will. Anything comes to mind. Um, you know, quitting a job, for example, like making that change, whatever that thing is in your life that you need to turn a corner on. But maybe it's you're, you're being held back by something. I don't know whether that's shame, whether that's guilt, whether that's uh, you don't have the clarity and you feel stifled in some way. And you need to, to find that sense of, of, of perspective on yourself. Travel to me is the thing that can do that for you. I think we all agree on that. We, I think we've all at some point found some degree of inspirational therapy by departing from our routine and immersing ourselves in the new maybe there's a, a big change or something that, that in taking a stand on you might feel guilty. I, I've quit two jobs in both times. I gave plenty of notice. The situation was completely fine. Uh, but I felt excruciatingly guilty doing it. And I overthought it. And I let that hold me back for months. And mm-hmm. it makes me realize that sort of the fear, it's almost less about the actual guilt and it's more about facing the guilt or facing the shame or speaking up. And this is to your point about speaking up because it matters. Um, it matters to you and it matters to the fairness to everyone else around you. Yeah. Well, for me, I look at it nowadays, like with the, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty perspective as knowing that it's really me. Like I'm creating all of it. I'm creating my own shame. I'm creating my own guilt. I'm creating whatever the little voice in my head is saying. I'm doing, I'm the one doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not outside of me. And so what I think you were starting to dive into, Nathaniel, is the fact that when we travel, you know, we're we're separate from those circumstances to which we might have attributed some of that shame or guilt or or pain or frustration or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we actually encounter that same feeling out on the road. And when we do, we get to really look for ourselves and see that it's us creating it. Like we're the common denominator between, you know, mm. those experiences. And mm-hmm. so it's an incredibly helpful tool to just get real perspective on you, on yourself, on your own, you know, patterns or tendencies or whatever. So you can just actually stop them like for the rest of your life. Like you don't have to be beholden to them. Mm-hmm. So oh, like to what you're saying, I want to relate this to Jackie's first point in our article, which is raw life is real life. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. sense that the sense that by embracing um, uh, the things that are daring to do, even if they're difficult, you put yourself in this position to almost use travel as a mirror to see yourself and how you respond to these challenges. 100%. Totally. Yeah, that's and it's it's an incredible it's incredible because <laughs> one of the things that 
I guess is, is present in all of these points. Maybe it's, it's a crazy thing to, uh, to leave a relationship, to leave a life that, you know, even, okay. So even if it's not a relationship, even if it's, you know, just a job or a home, whatever it is to go travel, to go solo travel, it's kind of a crazy idea. Who would want to do that? You know, Yeah. but it's also like an epidemic and there's something (laughs) to it though. And there's a, there's a, there's a phrase, a saying, wherever you go, there you are. It's super simple, but it's mm-hmm. so deep too, because just changing, you know, changing your environment, changing your surroundings, changing your circumstances, your daily, you know, circumstances, uh, that's one thing. But when you arrive to wherever it is you're going, you're still there. It's still you. And this is what creates this mirror is it, it gives you an opportunity to listen to yourself when you're alone. Mm -hmm. Everything you do is like sending something out to see how it comes back to you. And then you, 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 when you're, when you're there inside your own thoughts, you can't help, but, but notice things about yourself that you've never even seen before. I mean, I especially noticed this when I'd been on um, this trip for, I don't know, a couple of three, maybe three months at this time. My brother came to travel with me in Europe and I had been solo basically the whole trip um, until this point. And as soon as he got there, it was like five days later into this trip that I realized that I like there was someone else there because I mean, in a sense that I hadn't listened to myself in days. I hadn't written in Uh, my, in my journal. Like I hadn't, I felt like I hadn't noticed anything, which this whole trip for me has been so incredibly, um, I've learned so much, you know, about myself and just observing. But when you add someone else to that mix, there's an element that's completely taken away. And so, it speaks to the solo aspect that there is something there that 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 makes this happen that forces us to see ourselves as we are in this moment wherever it is in the world wherever we decide to move ourselves to or where we're traveling that's what that mirror is you know instead of someone else it's like <laughs> instead of focusing all your attention on your travel buddy all of that attention gets focused on yourself it's crazy. I love what you just said, Jackie. It's so true. <laughs> it's just, it's like a really awesome smack in the face. Like, hey, look at this. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, I always feel very present to my experience. Like I often feel like I'm not rushed when I'm solo traveling and that, you know, I know it's just a feeling. It's not necessarily the truth, but when I'm with a lot of other people, I can feel rushed. And so I think to tack on to what you were saying, like, when we're solo traveling, we just get the chance to just sink in and be with the experience, the actual experience moment by moment and just slow down. And that's so healthy. And like, how often do we get to do that in our everyday lives? Like normally not very often, but it happens on the road like that. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm, I remember when I was leaving and this is Cancun which Jackie tells us to forget. <laughs> Ironically. I, I, I know, but this is me flying out of Cancun um, back to the States. And the woman sitting next to me was uh, 
I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was the one sitting next to me. She was sitting there and the flight attendant came up and they were talking and the flight attendant said, yeah, I've been here. I've been stationed here waiting for this flight to leave for a few days. And the... Uh, the woman said, oh, what what have you done to keep yourself, you know, busy? And she was like, oh, you know, it's not so bad. I went to the beach. I took myself for a couple of hikes. I read a book. I had a great time. And the woman was like, wow, I, I could never do that by myself. You know, like mm. I could never just stay here and be alone by myself and actually enjoy myself. And that's okay, right? That's it's perfectly fine. Everybody has their own um, desires for social activity and connection and all of this. But I, but the the lesson that I took from that is that isn't it just a really compelling idea to be comfortable with being alone so that you might actually be able to enjoy your time when you aren't when other people aren't available to be around with you so that you might if you're stuck in Mexico for a few days actually be able to have an amazing time like it's a it's a really wonderful experience and i think that these pockets of privacy are things that we need to carve into our lives whether we have um, whether we're you know in Argentina by ourselves, or we have a family, you know, or we have, um, you know, new relationships or, or anything. I mean, I think that these times are very important for people that are, they're particularly important for people that are creative, I think. Um, yeah. but, but I think actually, they're important for anybody that wants to develop that sense of self-confidence and courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only just the creatives, I mean, I think all three of us, we come from the perspective of being extroverts. Like that's why we're having this conversation about taking time to be alone, because of course mm. that's something very natural for an introvert to do. So if anyone's out there listening and you guys, like if you don't identify with how we're talking about this conversation, just think of the flip side actually. And this takes us in a totally different direction. I do realize this, but if you're not introvert, then traveling will also you know, traveling solo specifically will also have you step into connecting with random people wherever you are and will actually bring you forth into doing that with less and less fear. So like most of most, if not all of my friends are introverts, except for the people that I work around, like the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or the extroverts. So it's an interesting balance to see where my friends who are who identify as introverts get their energy and they get it from that solo time. So I imagine solo travel would be the thing to do, you know, like super, super energizing. And at the same time, people are everywhere, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> being able to then re-engage and connect and really feel nourished in that, like that's, that's also something that's available too. I love that point, Ginger, because, and I could personally relate to it because introversion is something that I actually related more to before I got into, before I launched my podcast, got into independent travel media, started working and going on more trips and tr- making travel this like massive component of my life. Looking back at that, I don't think I ever was actually introverted. I just think I identified more with that. Now mm-hmm. that I've engaged more with the world, now that I've engaged more with people, I mean, met literally thousands of people in the past year. Um, I can no longer deny that I am a conversationalist. It's like laughable to me to suggest that I don't (laughs) trust the words that come out of my mouth, that I don't thrive off of social interaction, that I don't enjoy the, the attention that comes with producing content that, I mean, you know, all of these things are extroverted tendencies that I never would have really seen had I not gotten into the world and engaged with it more. So in that, Mm. my takeaway from that is that travel really can be this sort of exercise for not only beginning to learn about yourself, whether or not I was introverted and became an extrovert, or I just 
I think what it was is I was just a quiet extrovert. And now <laughs> I've gained confidence with all of these different aspects that are fundamental to the thing that I'm doing. Um, so, so anyways, to sum up, uh, what I've, I've, I've increased my, I think I've definitely increased my confidence by putting myself out there more, but I've also, uh, become more aware of who I am. Yeah. I Jackie, think- what about the confidence for you? I mean, I have my own experience. It wasn't after divorce or anything, but I did use travel multiple times to heal from a very, very painful breakup. And mm-hmm. I mean, for you, I imagine it was the same way as like right now where you're at on the other side of this is you, you get how powerful you are. Like you like really get, I mean, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'm just speaking mm-hmm. from my own perspective and imagining that you're probably feeling the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that I, Nathaniel mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, I think was, uh, about being okay, being alone, being comfortable. And yeah. I have found incredible confidence in that it's it's kind of a crazy thing because I think a lot of people have seen me for a long time a lot of years now as a super independent person um which I find really fascinating because I know me you know what I mean and uh (laughs) and I am never alone I'm almost never alone and I knew that this was going to be the hardest of of the transitions, transformations of, of the lessons of, of doing undertaking this entire life change, um, is that, you know, inevitably I would be alone and be doing this at such a sensitive time in my life. Um, which is kind of the part that I think is crazy, but it has, worked for me. I, I actually questioned for the first, I mean, really up until the last couple months, I think, um, the first bit of this whole journey, I wasn't sure I would ever get to a point where I was actually comfortable being by myself. Cause that's, that's for me. I mean, I I don't look at solo travel and say, Oh my gosh, I want to do that. I have never said that. I haven't let it stop me, the fact that I haven't had travel buddies. You know, I mean, that was never a good enough reason for me. And so I put on my big girl pants and I would go and I would do a trip, you know, if even if it meant going by myself. Um, but there was always a there was always an end, a light at the end of the tunnel. There was always an end date. You know, there was always something saying, OK, this is when I'm going back or whatever. And this is the first time where this is completely indefinite. I'm, I set off on a solo journey, not just a solo trip, you know, and there is no light at the end of this one um, that I can see, you know, yet. And, and so becoming comfortable with myself being alone has been my number one goal, basically, for this, this journey. And uh, wow, it's been hard. <laughs> You know, I mean, I've, I've been very, very alone. I've been very in the depths by myself more than once on this trip. Um, and I think people can see that through some of the things I've written and, and, but you know, it's intense, but I feel like that's the only path that has gotten me to where I am now, which is a crazy thing to, 
to step aside and look at myself and my situation. And here I am in this apartment in Patagonia, in Argentina, you know, my 50th country. (laughs) I didn't know anybody (laughs) in this country. I've never been here before. And I decided I wanted to move here. And here I am. And I have my own space in this apartment. I have a lake view. I'm loving this. I have friends that I've made here. And I, I suddenly, this is after I got here. I've only been here for three weeks. Okay. I said a couple of months a little bit ago, but three weeks I've been here. And now I'm thinking, I think I'm okay with this. You know, I'm, I'm finally mm-hmm. getting to a point where I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm feel really comfortable. And I can't even believe I'm saying that. I doubted that so much. I doubted that so much at the beginning. I didn't know that was something I could ever accomplish, like truly being comfortable being alone and being on my own and traveling solo. But here I am. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's where the power, that's where it is. That's where the transformation is, you know? Yeah. Totally. Well, let me let me let me take two points away from what you just said as it relates to your article. Um, first, there's this sense of becoming comfortable with being alone, which I think is relates directly to your your fifth point, which is uh, um, basically this idea that that you said it it means that if if you don't have a home back in Montana or anywhere else, it means that you, you are mm-hmm. home and you have had to rebuild in a storm your support structure. And I think that's a really you know, like that's a really compelling story in and of itself because it's really interesting to think about. But I know I had a um, and it's a mutual friend of, of ours, Jackie, but uh, uh, an artist uh, on the show. She's a she's a uh, female traveler and she's always out there. Her name's Candace, you know her. Um, but she on my podcast said that uh, after spending time in India, uh, adventure traveling and painting. Um, she got back and she needed to leave because she felt, she realized that she felt more at home sitting on a street somewhere out in the world with a paintbrush and a sketch pad in hand than she did at the place that she used to identify as home. And that realization, which came from putting herself into the world to better know herself, that realization was so empowering because she realized in that exact moment of clarity that anywhere in the world, could be considered her home. She could make herself at home there. That was a corner she turned. It was incredibly empowering for her as a solo female traveler um, mm-hmm. and as somebody who could look at herself and be like, wow, look what I can do, right? Exactly, yeah. I yeah. Mean, nice. Male or female, I feel like maybe that is maybe that is a, a point that speaks a lot to the female traveler because of the way females are raised in different societies, but um, that's something that I related with and I was like, wow, what a yeah. great mindset that is. Yeah. Um, um, that to me, yeah. So that to me is the home, the support structure. Exactly. And you know what is interesting about that is I have felt that in the past. Um, I think I had, cause I've been, I mean, I, I'm 31 now. I started traveling long-term when I was 18, you know, for long stints. And on that first trip, when I lived in Costa Rica, I was so at home there, you know? And so I had, I had seen glimpses of that feeling throughout mm-hmm. the last 12 years, but there was always something that I went back for, whether it was university or ran out of money or something. There was always something that I had to go, quote unquote, home for, you know. And, um, and so they were only ever glimpses. I recognized the feeling of being at home on the road but they were only ever glimpses. And I think that that is also where my 
uh, I struggle with where I'm from. And I think that that comes from that. Um, you know, saying like, well, where, where's home? Well, I have a lot of homes. Um, I grew up in one place and I lived for a while in another place and I have had a recent life in another place and lives all over the world, you know? And, uh, and I think I, I struggle with where I identify the most with because it's in a lot of places. Um, and so this is the first time going back to that point that I've let, that I've truly been able to explore that feeling of being home on the road because I think that is what it means. I mean, I've always said <laughs> home is where the toothbrush is. Um, yeah. And that's, just to, I mean, that's still yeah true for me, you know, but now I'm really living it because there isn't something I have to go back for now. I'm just traveling. And so I can experience this home wherever it takes me and I feel comfortable in it. And that's brilliant for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great feeling. And mm -hmm. I think if someone's interested in like hearing more in depth, like that whole toothbrush phenomenon, <laughs> like home is where my toothbrush is, it's actually a really great TED talk um, by a, a Ghanaian woman named Taye Selassie. It's don't ask where I'm from, ask where I'm a local. Yeah. And she details a lot about that feeling that you just mm -hmm. talked about. It's great. It's beautiful. And I think that's a very valid question. It's like, where do you feel like a local? Like, where do you really feel like you're true self is like you know shining and bright and alive and and out there you know because that might not be in your passport country you mm. might feel like totally closed or totally yeah just not identified with what's around you and mm. i think if we can find places and i do say places intentionally because i believe there are multiple places where we can feel like a local that they're gonna actually pull different personality aspects mm -hmm. out of us like empowerment like mm -hmm. like creativity like confidence and to me that's like a hugely transformational aspect of oh, travel yeah. that most people don't know yet absolutely <laughs> yeah. I love that I feel I this is another thing that I always say is that I feel like I have so many lives and yeah. that's why it's because I totally. did spend that year in Costa Rica I learned how to speak Spanish and you could find me <laughs> salsa dancing any night of the week like playing soccer nice. on the beach with my friends, anything that, that, that means that lifestyle, that Latin lifestyle. I also lived in Italy for a year and you could see me in boots walking through the city, sipping cappuccino, like eating gelato. And I, I lived that life too. And that's still part of me. You bring these things around with you, you know, once you totally. experience them and you, ha and I also have lived in Montana and I've been the country girl <laughs> with the cowboy boots. And, and I identify with that too. I mean, I have yeah. all of these things, but the thing is for me is keeping them all going, you know, like I have to experience these cause they make up part of me. I'm composed right. of more than just, you know, one of them. I'm all of them. Yeah. And I have, for me, I have them. to keep them going. Yeah. And, and what yeah. else is there? What else right. is there that I haven't discovered yet? That's the question, exactly. right? That's the question. Nice. That's the question everyone should be asking because yeah. if you think for one second that there isn't something waiting for you on the other side of the world, you are You're wrong. wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> Boom. That my is my favorite line. <laughs> totally. That was, like, that, that was the quote that made me be like, that is so... That is so true. I mean, anybody that just hesitates, I mean, it's there. It, even if it's not a happy side of you, I mean, it's a side of you that is worth learning about. Um, Jackie, the other thing I wanted to bring up about what you said before 
about this sort of struggle to becoming at peace or rediscovering a sense of home wherever you are is that you went through some really dark, tough times um, alone. Um, so for anybody that is sort of thinking about traveling so, solo by themselves, I want to ask, like, how did you get through those dark, lonely times? Hmm. You know, that's such a good question. And this is something I've paid attention to. Um, and the answer is I go back to the things that make me feel like me. The things that I love because, because I love them, not because of anyone else. Um, and those things, you know, it's, it's pampering yourself. It's taking yourself there to do those things. For me, number one, running. I will run on a treadmill if I have to. But there is something about running and running not a mile, like running for like six miles, like run a long ways and let your mind just go. I have had incredible, what? It's meditative. It is. And I mean, that's, that's my, that's my go-to is running, but I've had incredible, incredible insights, um, revelations almost while I'm running in the last, you know, all throughout this trip, I have not stopped running because it's one of those things that I need. Um, and it is so helpful for me. It is a therapy. And so in those dark times, that's, that's one of those things that I would turn to is, uh, is running or I really, I love music. I really identify with music. I will also put on my favorite songs, you know, and I will listen to them in my earphones as loud as I can, because it's just for me, you know, something, just anything that, that makes you feel like you, that, that takes you back to who you are, that, that you can feel comforted by because in the end you are by yourself. Um, and so these are like, I feel like exercises that helped me, helped me get there on my own is rather than looking for someone else to comfort me, what can I do for myself uh, that will help me get out of this, that will help me get through this? Writing is another one. And I think that's been pretty apparent by some of the things that have come out um, there's so much more than, than what I've published too. And that is something that has helped me incredibly. And I love being able to go back and see what I wrote and see how far I've come and see the things that have changed. Well, it seems like there are two sides to this equation that you're talking about. There's the side of you that is dealing with being on your own and getting used to that and, and, and accustoming yourself to this travel lifestyle or at least just finding that sense of, of confidence in home. Um, then there's also the side of you that's dealing with uh, the shame of it all, the side of you that keeps reminding yourself to speak up, the side of yourself that says, your point three from your article was talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend, um, the side of yourself that asks the question, why did I doubt that my friends you know, wouldn't be there for me? Um, and so that's sort of the side of you that's dealing with the, the shame or the societal shame or the public uh, perception of, uh, of what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, which I would imagine I don't I, you can dive into that. You can explain that if you want. Um, but I just wanted to illustrate the point that if you're uh, if you're hesitating to travel by yourself because you might not have the confidence to do so or you're afraid that dealing with these lonely moments will be hard. I mean, take take Jackie as an example of somebody who's doing it 
with an added layer of like shame and self-doubt and questioning the uh, entire structure of every of basically her entire support structure from back home and having to, to rediscover all of that. Uh, to me, there, there's there's those two things at play, and they're they're not easy, and that's kind of what I'm picking up from your story. But, you know, but it's such, it's really inspiring. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like that's actually you just pressed that for me, Nathaniel. Like you're right. still kind of in this, Jackie, oh, and yeah. you are incredibly courageous enough to share this. Like again, being raw, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. actually speaking what's true for you right now, such that not only you can you know, work your way through it, not the other side, but that other people can benefit. And I just really want to acknowledge you for how generous you're being with all of this. Like I really just got present to that right now. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for saying that. That has been one of the craziest, I think, and most ironic lessons through this is that it was, you know, the amount of the amount of those messages and comments that I got that were saying, thank you. They blew me away. And what's crazy about it is that talking about this is so, it's so scary. It's so scary because people don't, don't do this. People don't talk about this. You know, it's like, there's no place for this in conversation. And so being the one to put it, there is, there really is. But being the one to put it out there is really scary because you don't know how people are going to respond. And, I think we probably, the three of us specifically have experience in this, but when you publish your work for the world to see, you're putting it, you're, you are just serving yourself up to absolutely be destroyed as well. And so it's scary to, to not know what's going to come from that. Um, but the coolest thing about it is that in the action of doing it itself, courage is a byproduct of it. Courage comes out of that. And that's why I feel so much stronger now and confident is because, well, A, I did get a really good response and people are loving that this is, this conversation is happening. I love it because it's a catharsis for me. It feels good to, to say, yeah, you know what? This happened. And I'm getting through it and we can deal with this. We can, and we can lean on each other. People are going to be there for you more than you can ever imagine. And you're going to be stronger for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's the aspect, it's the idea that a lot of the negative emotions, the shame, the guilt, the, those, those things that you perceive to be true can be a choice and can be a limiting belief and can Mm -hmm. be a thing that you sort of decide Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. let control you instead of actually just looking over them at yourself mm-hmm. on the horizon and pursuing that. Um, Jackie, you have said a few times within Holocene, which is our, the community that you're a part of, um, that, uh, that vulnerability is something that you have really been practicing lately and that you're finding great benefit from doing so. And I think that mm-hmm. this podcast recording is a very clear indication of exactly that. I mean, mm-hmm. we're really able to dive in because you are setting the example of saying, I'm a person. I'm going through this. This is what it feels like. And here are the amazingly inspiring lessons I'm pulling out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, so thank you for, for, for doing that and for, for really setting, setting the tone of, uh, of practicing being vulnerable. 
because yeah. I, I don't know. It, it allows, I see other members connecting with you uh, uh, and I see your readers connecting with you um, in the comment sections, which is really, it's really cool to see that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, it's something special. It is. And it makes a difference. It really does. Like you can know that by sharing, like you've literally touched probably like hundreds, if not thousands already of people's lives. Like their real lives are going to be changed because you shared what you just shared. Good. I hope so. Yeah, I really do. You know, I mean, totally. I really do. So the only point from your article that we haven't touched on and we haven't really explored yet is uh, the question you lead off your uh, point number four uh, with, which is what is the mm-hmm. thing that you've had in the back of your mind that you've been putting off? And I want you guys to think about that because I'd actually love to hear your answers. Um, Jackie, I think you are in the midst of it. I mm-hmm. think that you have you you have now done it, and of course, there's probably now there's something else, and there's always going to be something else that we're all putting off, right? Because that's just mm-hmm. sort of the either the treadmill of life or the uh, what the stairway to uh, it's either a treadmill or a stairway. I guess you're either going up or you're going nowhere. Um, you know, I have an interesting uh, something I just realized after mm-hmm. you said can, that yeah. Um, yeah. because yeah, I am I in the middle of mine still, you know, and I was going to say, I'm not sure there is anything yet because I'm still in this. And sometimes it takes a long time to process things when you, when you finally take that leap, you know, and maybe the free fall is going to be really long. Um, but I just realized I've wanted to live in Argentina for a long time Mm. and I'm here. And that's a direct result of the last leap that I took. And so I think, maybe that just means that I'm sure it means that once you, once you do that, once you take that leap, once you open that door, yeah, a lot of other doors are going to present themselves and, and maybe it'll just snowball. (laughs) I mean, I'm still going through it, so we'll see, but you kind of just made me realize that I'm, I'm already doing another one that I wanted to do. Yeah. And more, more are coming, you know? Such a key point, too, because that next thing isn't going to happen. You know, you're not going to be going down that path until you actually take the steps towards it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, there are a couple of things. And um, Jackie, you're in Patagonia now. Patagonia is the place that I have been telling myself for years to go to. And, um, you know, watch (laughs) like you've been down there on the Chilean side and the Argentinian side and. I have. Uh, I was telling you this the other day. Like, I'm like, wow. I think I actually want to go to Chile a little bit more than Argentina. And I, I always thought I wanted to go to Argentina, but I mean, I don't know. But I'm learning as I as I absorb. And but at the same time, I'm looking at myself like, why haven't I gone there? Like, mm-hmm. I, in the past mm-hmm. year, like I've opened so many doors. The only thing that's stopping me from from going down there is just not committing the effort into it. And yeah. uh, and that's and so. But what I think it is for me is not actually. Patagonia. I don't think it's actually a place or one particular trip. I think what it is is uh, a habit of adventure. I think it's a habit of of uh, making uh, whether it's nature or going trekking or doing something bigger that makes me feel more alive. Building that into my regular routine so that it's not just a hotel and a new city. You know, or instead mm-hmm. it's something that's a little bit more challenging, a little bit more. Um, intense in the moment. Um, that to me is, is the one thing that I've been putting off in travel and in, and in life. I think the other thing that I've been putting off is the writing habit. I've had a novel sitting on my shelf. It's written. It's, it's in its first draft. This thing needs to get done. And what's, what is, what is putting it off for me? Uh, 
it, it really is sitting down and doing that. I think that's one of the hardest jobs there is. And I really admire writers for their consistency. Um, that to me has always been something that I've sort of, I've had, but it, it ebbs and, and flows and it comes and goes and I, and I lose it. And uh, I think writing a whole novel is a very, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. So uh, mm -hmm. those are the, I guess those are my two Everests. Um, and <laughs> it's a really interesting question. Can we ask what this novel is about? Just as a <laughs> it's, little teaser. It's, it's wholly relevant to this conversation. I can share the, the basic yep. idea, but it's about a guy who um, takes a solo journey to Italy and uh, he finds uh, in an old abandoned medieval village, he finds an abandoned baby. And when nobody in the town takes responsibility for this baby, he has to take care of it. And as he struggles with that, the town begins to reveal itself. And the theme is very much about identity and it is very much asking the question of if we can never actually escape ourselves, where can we really go? And if Whoa. that's the trap, <laughs> if that's the trap, then you have to become comfortable with yourself. So get out there and challenge yourself. Get lost. Don't be afraid of getting trapped. Don't be afraid of getting stuck. Mm -hmm. Just put your feet in front of you know, the other and, and yeah. see what happens. Learn about yourself. And write that book. Oh, so good. Write that book. I want to read it. We do. You got two people pulling I for know. you. <laughs> I know. That's my, I'm practicing vulnerability here. Yeah. You heard it first here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Brilliant. This, um, yeah. go ahead, Ginger. Were yeah, you going to yeah, share yeah. yours? Yeah, I was just going to say on my side, it's funny because Nathaniel, when you asked the question, automatically my brain was like, what's the right answer? What are you trying to do? Mm. What's the bigger thing? Trying to figure it out. And I was like, mm. I could feel myself getting slightly nervous in the moment mm. of like, oh shit, I have to figure this out <laughs> um, and say the right thing. I'm like, actually, wait a minute. This is just, you know, me doing my thing again in my head, talking to myself yes. and taking myself out. Okay. Got it. Um, and looking at what I like, am really excited to do and what really makes me feel alive is obviously, yes, travel more and continue traveling with a purpose. Um, but each time I like think about this concept, I know you and I, Nathaniel, have talked about this, but Jackie, I'm not sure if we've talked about this before. I just get so excited about the possibility of all Americans having a passport, like <laughs> all of us. And right now, it's like not near that. We're at 38%. No. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, you I don't evangelize know. that more than anybody I know. And it's great. Well, Thank you. I mean, it's just, you know, it's this thing that obviously is the first step. If you want to go and travel internationally, you got to have your passport. If you don't have it, you can't leave the country. So <laughs> I just mm -hmm. see it as like a simple action step that literally anyone can take, you know. And because I see that so many of us don't, it indicates to me like how we don't prioritize travel. Like you were saying, Nathaniel, like you didn't want to take or you haven't yet wanted to take on the effort or you haven't chosen to take on the effort of uh, Patagonia. And that's totally fine. That's totally okay. Like it doesn't make us bad or wrong that we don't have a passport. Right. <laughs> um, but it just, it just does indicate where our priorities lie. And so what, what I really mean in saying like, I wish all Americans had a passport is I wish all Americans prioritize some aspect of travel because, you know, as we've been Un unraveling this in this conversation, there are just so many goodies that you get out of it. And mm -hmm. I like, I can't stand that so many people are missing out on the goodies, <laughs> you know? You know, yeah. that's such a good point. But at the same time, the fact that those people are missing out on what is 
on those goodies that are for them, we're missing out on those people too. Like what, what is the potential of those people that they could realize through travel that they haven't yet and that they could share with us? I mean, look at all of us. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for travel. And now we're having this conversation in front of thousands of people. Um, you know, that, that thing, what is it that's, that, that, that thing that we were talking about earlier, what is it that's waiting for them that not only they're missing out on, but everyone around them is missing out on because they haven't done it for themselves. Yeah. You know? And that, Ooh, I'm so excited to meet these new people. Once I know. They do it. <laughs> that's why travel, that's why I like travel writers, travel bloggers, people in travel media, people that do what we do, people that turn on microphones and record and talk about the stuff because it matters to us so deeply. Yeah. Like that's this, that right there, what you just said is exactly, I think, sort of what compels us to do this. It's like, this is why when somebody says like, hey, you know, I'm going to be going to, to Punta Cana. I've never left the country. I'm like 35. It's like, yes, yes. I don't care where you're going. Just go and then come back and tell me how it was. Because yeah. Yeah, I promise that next airplane trip will not take you 35 more years. No, that's the thing. And going back to you, Ginger, you just nailed it on the head. One of my favorite, my favorite favorite go-to to talk about with people who are considering travel for the first time, absolutely our priorities. Um, that's, that's a thing because as soon as you prioritize it, it becomes a thing until you do, it won't be until you, and that has to do with everything. If it's your job that is, is standing in the way, if it's finances that is standing in the way, whatever it is that is preventing you from making it happen, it just travel needs to be prioritized and needs to be moved up on your priorities list so that you actually do save for it so that you actually do plan your vacations around it. Or maybe you do need to quit that job or whatever it is that's, that's preventing you from doing it. Get a passport. That's a great step to prioritizing travel. Actionable travel. right there. Right there. There you go. Action steps. <laughs> uh, any travel is good, but solo travel we'll teach you the things that we've really been talking about mm-hmm. for all of the reasons. I mean, you just hit rewind and listen again. <laughs> I know We covered it. I feel like we've really gone through the paces and I'm going to turn the mic back over to, to the host of this, uh, of this show. Okay. Yeah. I think there's one, one last thing that I wanted to add on that note. And when I was, when I was writing this piece, I, I actually wrote travel. <laughs> I actually wrote solo travel is not for the faint of heart. And I deleted that because, and then I changed the sentence to solo travel is for the faint of heart, that that's exactly who it's for because it has absolutely everything to offer that everything you already know can't possibly give you. And that question, that sentence is a little like I read it and I almost stumble over it every single time because it's it's funny with its words, but it's exactly what I mean. It's exactly what I mean. I really think anyone can do it, especially if you're faint of heart, because you will grow. You will grow so much stronger. You will learn so much and and rewind and listen to everything all over again. (laughs) But yeah, well, any anything else that you guys want to add before we close? This has been really an, an amazing conversation. Uh, I, I am honored to be in this seat, uh, not only as part of a, a conversation for a solo female travel, but also for a um, a really honest reveal and reflection of somebody's story mm-hmm. about a really important topic that in my eyes is not discussed enough online. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, where people 
will find great value in this is that is that this this is what people need to be hearing this is the stuff that people need to be talking about uh, and absorbing to to make that change because that change is not easy to make mm. really well said mm-hmm. really well said yeah i would add that you know if you're sitting at home or wherever you are in your car listening to this that if there's something on your heart that resonates with what Jackie has shared or what we have talked about and you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to about it two things number one you could literally just open up to you know your next available friend and actually say like hey there's something that I discovered for myself that I'd really love to share with you like would you be up for that and then just go for it you know Mm -hmm. um and or number two reach out to us. Like we're here. We're very, very open to anyone who's listening, contacting us. And, you know, whether it's sharing where you're at, whether you're in the depths of the depths, you know, in the painful parts or shadowy parts, or if you've had that whole trajectory, that arc of experience happen for you, and now you're on the transformed side and you're shining and you're really like psyched about life, any of that like we're like all three of us I think I can speak for all of us that we're very open to being contacted and and just opening up this conversation so please do reach out definitely Definitely. absolutely and where can people find you Ginger sure yeah well yeah I'm on the travelers mindset so it's www.travelersmindset.com that is traveler with one l I always have to say that for the Brits (laughs) yes Um, um and just in general I mean please yeah, message me through the site or find me on Facebook. I'm very open to connecting. Um, I really value that almost, yeah, more than travel. Like if I can really connect with people, then I feel great. I feel, you know, like me, like you were saying, Jackie, mm-hmm. find the parts where you feel like you and that's mm-hmm. where I really feel like me. So yeah, please do reach out. And Nathaniel, where can people find you? People can find me uh, over at holocene.io. That's H-O-L-O-C-E-N-E dot I-O. Check it out. Or at Nathaniel, the famous <laughs> On Twitter. One. On Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have my first name. It's pretty cool. It is cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and same goes with me. I think you guys know where to find me, but you can always shoot me an email to Jackie at the Budget Minded Traveler with one L. <laughs> dot com (laughs) um thank you guys so much for joining me on this to have this conversation this real and raw conversation today i really appreciate it happy to do it again anytime Yeah. (laughs) yeah thank you all right that was a big episode for me and i hope it was big for you too Head on over to thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 63 for show notes as well as contact information for Nathaniel and Ginger. And of course, you can find me there as well. You'll also find a couple links to things we mentioned here in this episode. And if you want to read my story again, I'll link to it there on the show notes as well. Or you can check it out on my personal blog at travelingjackie.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and for hanging with us today. I know this was a long one. We should be back to our regular programming, I think, (laughs) in the next episode. So until then, have a great day. So great. Oh, man. Cool. That was good. What? Do you feel nervous anymore? You rocked it. Um, I feel adrenaline now. Yeah. Actually. 
yeah. It's just, what do they say? Right? It's like fear is excitement without the breath. It's like nerves mm-hmm. is excitement without the breath. Cause like you have the same physical adrenal response, literally. Um, you just don't breathe. Like you contract, <laughs> like we contract. Hmm. So yeah, interesting. it's literally like if you just breathe it, I should have said this while we were recording. <laughs> if you like literally just breathe, then you get all the benefits of like being really amped and hmm. then you can let go of the fear. So, yeah. That's so That's practical. Cool. There's another action it's step. Very, oh. There's know. another action, full of action steps, guys. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.